Hi, everybody. This is Dan Mulholland. Uh, with me is my colleague, Nick Calabrese. And today we're presenting a Health Law Expressions podcast on mandatory vaccinations for hospital employees, uh, subtitled Houston, Do We Have a Problem? So, Nick, tell us what's going on. There's been some very recent developments. Today is June 15, 2021, when we're recording the podcast. And some very interesting developments just happened over the weekend, correct? Right, Dan. So this is a hot topic right now. Um, with everything opening up and vaccine availability being ramped up, we're pretty much at the point now where if you want a vaccine, you can get one, but not everyone wants one. So you're talking about the, the weekend. So Houston Methodist Hospital found out firsthand what that meant. Um, it was one of the first hospitals to require mandatory vaccinations for its employees. And if an employer refused, he or she faced suspension, and then after 14 days, termination if they didn't get the vaccine. So 117 employees filed suit against Houston to block the mandatory vaccination requirement. And again, to paraphrase those famous words, does Houston have a problem? Apparently not since the judge ruled in its favor over the weekend. And we'll talk a little bit more about the Houston case later on. Um, so Dan, let's jump in by having you start us off. Yeah. So. Nick, that was a class action that um, challenged the mandatory vaccination policy for Houston Methodist, and we'll talk about that more. But traditionally, it's been thought that hospitals or other employers have the ability to require employees to get vaccinated, whether for COVID or anything else, uh, as a condition of employment. And the same goes for mandatory vaccination requirements for hospital medical staff members. Usually the um, concept was you have to have a vaccine unless you have a bona fide religious objection uh, to getting the vaccine or you have some health issue that would cause you problems if you got the vaccine. And quite often policies would provide for possible reassignment of those um, patients or those employees so that they're not in a patient facing role. Uh, but COVID is a little different aside from all of the uh, you know, politicization of the COVID um, crisis over the last 14 or so months. And because um, oftentimes people will have a visceral reaction to getting any kind of vaccine, especially one that is fairly new, uh, some different concepts begin to develop for COVID. And one in particular had to do with the fact that all of the COVID vaccines so far are only on emergency use authorization from the Food and Drug Administration. More about that later. But that, at least in theory, makes the COVID vaccines, while they're on EUA, a different breed of cat from other mandatory vaccines like flu vaccines, uh, you know, tuberculosis um, inoculations, whatever. So uh, I think, though, that a lot of federal agencies have given some guidance on this, haven't they, Nick, in particular, the EEOC right. about private employers and how they can possibly mandate vaccines. Right, that's right. Um, so we'll start with the EEOC. Um, it issued guidance in December 2020, um, looking at the um, mandatory COVID vaccinations. They looked at it under the Americans with Disabilities Act and the um, and GINA, also known as the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. So basically, to recap, the ADA prohibits discrimination against qualified individuals with d disabilities and stops employers from asking employees disability-related questions. Um, it also requires employers to provide reasonable accommodations to employees with disabilities 
as long as the accommodation doesn't involve undue hardship for the employer and the individual who receives the accommodation, they still have to perform the essential functions of the job and meet the normal performance requirements. Um, GINA isn't as well known as the ADA, but basically it prohibits employers from using an individual's genetic information for hiring, firing, uh, job placement, or promotion decisions. Anyways, fast forward to June 20, 2021. Um, in the December guidance for the ADA, the EOC implied that requiring a vaccination as a condition of returning to the workforce was not unlawful in and of itself. Also, employees, employers seeking to mandate vaccinations were obligated to provide reasonable accommodations, like I just talked about, to individuals who refused the vaccinations because of disabilities um, or those with sincerely held religious beliefs. As we know, re reasonable accommodation is an individual, individualized, fact-based, and interactive process between the employer and the employee. And you know, the accommodations they include anything include anything from working from home, taking leave, wearing a mask, you know, things like that. But what the December guidance didn't definitively do was say that employers may mandate the vaccinations um, or whether employers could incentivize employees to get vaccinations. So we'll fast forward to 2021. And on the mandate side, the EEOC made clear that under the ADA, except for limited circumstances, limited exceptions, um, employers may lawfully require a vaccination uh, for all employees entering the workplace. Um, the exceptions were the same as before in the December guidance, um, those with disabilities and those with sincerely held religious um, reasons. So on the incentive side, the EEOC broke it into two different areas. Incentives when an employee gets a vaccination from a third party, like a pharmacy. Um, in that case, they would be required to provide proof of the vaccination to the employer. And the second instance is when the are incentives when the employer is sponsoring the vaccination program. So the EEOC guidance makes it clear that under the ADA, employers can legally offer an incentive to employees to voluntarily provide documentation or other confirmation that they received the COVID vaccination on their own. They also clarified that, um, well, they clarified that requesting confirmation of the vaccination is not a disability-related inquiry under the ADA. Um, but if the employer itself is sponsoring the program, uh, the employer can offer incentives to employees uh, for receiving the vaccination administered by the employer as long as the incentive isn't so substantial to be coercive. And so why is that? Um, since getting the vaccination requires employees to answer pre-vaccination disability-related questions, um, significant incentive could make employees feel pressured to disclose protected medical information. And that's prohibited under the ADA. Unfortunately, the EEOC didn't explain or provide any examples of what would be considered an incentive that's, that, that would be coercive. So let's move on to Gina next. Um, the EEOC also made it clear that employers can lawfully require vaccination for all employees entering the workplace under Gina. Uh, the EEOC said that employers don't violate Gina by incentivizing employees to submit confirmation of vaccination status from third parties, the same as the ADA. The EOC said that vaccination status isn't considered genetic information or family medical history. And again, as with the ADA, the guidance differs if the employer offers the vaccinations. Since employer offered vaccinations require the employer to ask screening questions, and those screening questions might elicit medical information. So, Employers can offer incentives for employees to be vaccinated 
as long as the employer doesn't obtain genetic information from the employee, the pre-vaccination screening questions for the three approved vaccines don't inquire into genetic information. So the, the tip here is if employers plan to offer vaccines to employees, they should limit their pre-screening questions to the CDC's pre-vaccination checklist. And Dan, I think next you want to go into a little bit about emergency use authorization. Yeah, uh, thanks, Nick. We talked about that before, and if you you know follow the EEOC guidance that Nick just reviewed, uh, you can reach a conclusion that, okay, from an employment standpoint, an employer could require, under the conditions set forth in the EEOC guidance, that an employee get vaccinated. However, as we mentioned before, all of the three available vaccines that are currently being used in the United States, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, are only on emergency use authorization status. Uh, I think at least one of those companies has applied for uh, full approval from the ADA. But while you're on emergency use authorization, the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act has a provision that says that individuals who are receiving a drug that is only authorized for emergency use have to be informed of the potential benefits and risks of use and the consequences if they decline uh, getting a vaccination. And uh, it's um, 21 U.S. Code Section 360 BBB is in boy dash three that provides this um, language in terms of at least ostensibly an individual's right to refuse an employee or a emergency use, author, use authorization drug. Now, with respect to the vaccine, some have argued, well, all you have to do is tell the employee the consequences that if they uh, don't get it, they might be fired or lose their job or get reassigned. But that doesn't seem to be the context within which the statute talked about employees being informed of their consequences uh, for refusal. The consequences for refusal, rather, had to deal with the health consequences if the individual refused. So employees were, at least for the time being, on the horns of a dilemma. If they required an employee to get the vaccine and the employer said, employee said, no, I have a right to refuse, then that would set up an argument that uh, is similar to what we're going to discuss in the Houston Methodist case. Uh, on the other hand, if the employee went ahead and got the vaccine uh, when they were mandated to do so and had an adverse reaction that was serious enough to give rise to an action against the employer, uh, the uh, employee could possibly sue the employer saying, this was emergency use and you shouldn't have forced me to get it. I wasn't properly informed of the consequences for my health. So that's the um, dilemma that employers are faced with. and. Uh, while that Houston case began to clear things up a bit, I think it's still an open question what will happen. We'll talk about the Houston case in just a minute. But Nick, OSHA has some rules, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, about uh, adverse reactions to work-related uh, or mandatory vaccines in the workplace and whether they're work-related and what, if any, reporting you have to do to OSHA if somebody has an adverse vaccine uh, uh, reaction when they're required to get it. Right, and, and this is a fluid situation too. Um, real quickly, um, OSHA had previously taken the position that employers had to track adverse reactions to uh, the mandated vaccines on the OSHA law books. But OSHA has now updated its guidance saying it will no longer require that because it might disincentivize employers' vaccination efforts. So 
OSHA isn't going to enforce that rule again until May of 2022. And just a mention about OSHA, Nick, we're going to have another podcast that um, you'll be able to access pretty quickly uh, on new OSHA guidance or uh, standards, emergency standards that have been issued for healthcare facilities that are very detailed and go well beyond vaccinations. But more on that later. But basically, OSHA is trying to coordinate with the EEOC and other guidance coming out of the government in terms of encouraging people to get a vaccine. But as you say, it's a moving target right now, right? Right, exactly. And um, I also want to get into other considerations other than the EEOC, um, OSHA, and the FDNCA. Basically, um, one, one other consideration would be whether an employee is in a union, whether the employees are in a union. If so, implementing the uh, mandatory vaccination program is likely to is likely subject to collective bargaining. Now, the SEIU has taken a position on mandatory vaccination programs, and it basically states that employers should provide education and encouragement instead of mandatory vaccinations, and that employers should provide PTO for any time off related to vaccines, um, and also that vaccines shouldn't be used in place of an employer's obligations to provide safety equipment. And the Department of Labor has also come out with some guidance. Um, the DOL states that the Federal Fair Labor Standards Act requires employers to pay employees for time spent waiting for and receiving medical attention at the employee's direction or on their premises during normal working hours. Um, also, they, their position is the value of a one-time vaccine incentive doesn't need to be included in the regular rate of pay for calculating overtime. So basically, you know, employers are going to still be faced with a balancing decision. What's the risk if we require our employees to get vaccinated in terms of an employee having an adverse reaction or suing, saying that their rights were violated uh, versus not requiring it? And especially in a healthcare setting, uh, you know, possibly exposing patients and others uh, to the uh, COVID virus. Uh, private employers outside of healthcare have an easier um task because especially if their employees are not public facing, there's far less of a risk that uh, someone outside of the employee force who's not vaccinated could be uh, possibly infected. So that balancing test is still there. But Nick, an interesting question is, do you know how many hospitals right now, hospitals or health systems, require mandatory vaccinations for their employees, mandatory COVID vaccinations, I should say. So I don't have an exact number, but the best answer is more and more are. Um, In addition to Houston, uh, most hospitals in Washington, D.C. are requiring the mandatory vaccinations. And we've been hearing from the field that other hospitals may follow suit, especially since Houston was successful in its defense of the suit. Um, The Philadelphia-based Sixth Hospital University of Pennsylvania Health System requires mandatory vaccinations. Um, Benefis Health System in Montana requires it for employees who work in senior health services. Uh, the New York City-based New York Presbyterian requires it, as well as Indianapolis's Community Health Network and the University of Maryland Medical System. Other health systems have decided not to mandate the vaccine for employees, um, while the shots are only FDA-approved for emergency use, as Dan discussed. But again, we're seeing more and more hospitals require mandatory vaccinations. So, so what happened in Houston, Nick, the, the punchline of the um, Houston, we have a problem okay. case in terms of uh, Houston Methodist and the class action challenge to their... Uh, mandatory vaccination policy. Sure. So um, April 1st, 2021, Houston issued a policy requiring mandatory vaccinations for for all of its employees. Uh, Employees had to be vaccinated by June 7th, 
2021. If not, the employee would be on unpaid suspension for up to 14 days. If they were still unvaccinated after those 14 days, they would be terminated. So 117 employees filed suit against Houston, and they asked the judge to issue a TRO, temporary restraining order. Uh, the employee's main argument was that the vaccines were experimental and dangerous and against public policy. The judge in that case, federal judge, stated that Texas law only protects at-will employees from being terminated for refusing to commit a criminal act. And requiring somebody to get a vaccination wasn't a criminal act. He also found that it didn't violate public policy, but if it did, Texas didn't re recognize that, an ex that as an exception to at-will employment. So he ruled against the employees and didn't issue the temporary restraining order. Uh, the employees amended their petition. Houston filed a motion to dismiss, and just this past Saturday, um, the judge granted that motion and dismissed the case. And, and that motion, or that motion to dismiss, the, the ruling on a motion to dismiss is actually on appeal now. As of yesterday, June 14, 2021, uh, the plaintiffs appealed that to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. But the uh, judge in the dismissal order uh, had an interesting take on that FDA provision about employees being informed of the consequences of refusal. The judge said, that doesn't apply to a private employer. And beyond that, uh, employees or any individual doesn't have a private right of action under the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. So that challenge was kind of uh, kicked to the curb uh, on procedural grounds in terms of the judge's interpretation of uh, the right of private action, which is based on some uh, prior cases. But it'll be interesting to see what the Fifth Circuit does with this when it goes up. And, uh, you know, I think to some extent uh, the plaintiffs may have overplayed their hand, you know, basing their uh, challenge, among other things, on the Nuremberg co Code and uh, likening um, the policy to forced medical and experimentation during the Holocaust. You see that, you know, in, in the language that uh, judge used in his order, that that didn't sit too well with the judge. So, uh, you know, the case isn't over. It's still on appeal to the Fifth Circuit. But as Nick said, a lot more hospitals are going to say, well, let's consider a mandatory vaccination policy uh, given this. And by the way, with a medical exemption or religious exemption process, which was built into the Houston Methodist policy. So uh, it'll be interesting, Nick, to see where this goes. But as of now, uh, the at least one court seems to be moving towards saying to employers, especially healthcare employers, you can require your employees to get vaccinated subject to those exemptions. Right. Um, so that's it for this podcast. Thanks for joining us. And as Dan said, he and Phil are going to have a podcast on the, on the new OSHA guidance soon. So keep a lookout for that.